0: Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from unshaw.net. Poetry Reading A critical analysis of supports for pupils with additional educational needs and their school leaders in Irish primary schools. Hello, hello, you're welcome to this special episode of If I Were the Minister for Education from OnShaw.net. This is Simon Lewis speaking, and this is one of my special episodes called Poetry Readings. And um, just to explain what poetry readings are in this OnShaw.net podcast, don't worry, they're not actually poetry readings. What I like to do is when a circular comes out from the Department of Education of Interest, or when there's an initiative unleashed, or if there's a a piece of research or some document that is uh, established or put out there, published... Um, I like to summarise it and I call it a poetry reading uh, This uh, one is a bit of an unusual one because I was actually involved in the uh, writing of this particular uh, publication um, It is from the National Principals Forum uh, a lobby group of principals who have been trying for the last number of years to highlight the uh, unmanageable uh, workload of school leaders uh, over the last uh, number of years and they've also uh, published um some documents and research uh, based on uh, children with additional needs and the supports that are not available to them in schools. Um, all of the research uh, is comes from principals on the ground. Uh, we sent out surveys uh, to all schools and uh, generally we have uh, a, a between 500 and maybe up to 1,200 principals uh, who directly respond to these surveys and we collate all the data and create papers from that. So all the information in them is uh, is good and accurate and it actually uh, correlates to research that's done by academic institutions uh, such as which uh, I suppose the timing is very good. Uh, This week also uh, Maynooth University also uh, published um, a a, a publication around uh, principal workload or uh, certainly uh, the uh, stresses of school principals uh, during COVID-19. And interestingly our research uh, showed uh, 70% of principals have stated that their mental health has suffered as a direct result of their job which matches exactly that figure from Minutes uh, University. Look, um, there's loads to get through in this podcast episode, so let's get straight into it and let's go. When writing poetry... Uh, one of the trickiest things to do is to get a good title and um, the National Principals Forum uh, decided this time that they were rather than finding a snappy title like not on the side of additional needs just in reference to Norma Foley or uh, something around being on the side of uh, additional needs they decided just to give the title uh, what it was uh, which was a critical analysis a critical analysis of supports for pupils with additional educational needs and their school leaders in Irish primary schools And this was published uh, this week and I must say uh, it's a very comprehensive document. It is uh, about 25-26 pages long. Uh, Now don't worry I won't read the whole thing uh, but what I'll do is I'll summarise all the points. Uh, I I will say, uh, just for those of you who don't know who the National Principals Forum is, uh, they are a grassroots lobby group of primary school principals. Um, It was established in 2018, so three years ago, and they've been seeking to work with the Minister for Education, management bodies and representative bodies to effect urgent changes needed to sustain principals in their roles as school leaders. And um, basically, I suppose, what they... um, I suppose what they're saying and they have been saying, and I don't think anyone is, would argue against them, is that this job uh, as a principal, and, and for those of you who are principals, I don't need to tell you this. For those of you who aren't principals, you probably know this already. The job has become absolutely manic um, over the last number of years, and not just during COVID-19 where uh, principals have been told to work 20, to be on call basically 24 hours a day. Um, even after COVID is over, the, um, the, the the job of the school principal has um, become completely. Uh, unsustainable. And as I said to you there in the introduction, even the IPPN's conference this year, which is being held online, is all about sustainability in the uh, sector. So it's quite interesting really that the timing of this is, um, of this particular document and of the IPPN conference is, is pretty much the same, except the National Principles Forum decided because the education system is so complex now and so expansive, there isn't one particular stressor on uh, school principles. And this is uh, borne out as well from research by Yolanta uh, Burke and Magella Dempsey, who will be presenting at the IPPN conference today. Um, And uh, I had the uh, pleasure of speaking to Yolanta uh, Burke on uh, KCLR uh, during the week. And uh, she was shocked um, at the findings of her own work, where she said she has never seen uh, a situation where and she's worked in many many workplaces and 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 looked at stress and and workload uh, in in lots of different jobs how high the stress levels were in principals in school principals and the thing is, this didn't start today or yesterday. No, this has been going on for quite some time. Uh, I would like to, pin- I've kind of pinpointed around 2010. I think the recession was the big catalyst uh, for all these uh, issues. And unfortunately, um, and I, I don't like to say it, unfortunately, representative bodies have allowed it to happen. They have sat idly by while initiative after initiative, cut after cut, disguised as 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 not cuts, have just come along. I mean, for example, even this week. Uh, Just to give an example, uh, back, uh, I I can't remember the date, but I think it was 2012, um, the the moratorium on posts of responsibilities uh, came in and uh, basically um, some... weren't have post responsibilities and uh, after I don't know four years of doing nothing the INTO uh, decided they would uh, put some action in they said they would go uh, they would they wouldn't allow uh, (laughs) they wouldn't allow schools to do SSE um, if if post responsibilities didn't come back in reaction to that the Department of Education basically gave 48% of posts Back, and the Department of Education immediately lifted its um, embargo on us doing SESE. And uh, from 2016 ish till now, we've had to be running on this minimal management thing as workload increases and increases and increases. So, we as uh, school leaders can't do much about it. And then this week, uh, by coincidence, and I'll talk about that maybe later on, uh, the Department of Education uh, basically increased. The um uh, increase the postal responsibility minutely, minusculely. I mean, they basically it eight percent of schools will benefit, um, if that. Uh, from uh, from this extra thing, so it's eight out of uh, eight out of hundred schools uh, got a little bit of a an at one post extra, and it was quite specific to particular numbers of of teachers in a school. And rather than what, rather than actually criticising it and saying we still haven't got all our posts of responsibilities back, the ITO welcomed this and said it was a great success, and they were slapping themselves in the back. So look, I mean. Effectively, when you have representation like that, where do you go? So ultimately what the National Principles Forum um, do is uh, they've realised that ultimately there's not one solution to this sustainability issue. And it's very, very difficult um, to unravel a, a decade of absolute madness uh, where the job has become so unattractive that last week there were, um, I think it was uh, 32 um, principal jobs had been um uh, were, were on education posts and couldn't be filled at this time of the year, which is mad, mad madness It doesn't happen. it hasn't you never had that many uh, posts. People are retiring left, right, and center if they possibly can because they can't take any more and in, in fact, in our research uh, previous research, we found that eighty four percent of principals have considered stepping down within the last ten years eighty four percent. so this isn't this is new. Um, So the National Principals Forum decided, let's just tackle one issue, uh, the biggest stressor of all. Now all schools are very different, Uh, we've got different ethoses, we've got different um, sizes, we've got different contexts. But the one thing we generally all agree on, uh, which is the one one stressor that unites us all, shall we say, is the, the area of additional needs. And we decided as a group to ask principals, about um, additional needs in our school and school leadership and come up with some recommendations that we feel uh, would benefit school leaders and, as a result, benefit the children who need the resources so badly. Um, If if anyone... um, uh, would like to you know look at the data and everything else it's all available on the princi- on the national principals forum website principalsforum.org um but uh, you know one of one of the findings that i think highlights uh, a lot of things is the fact that in 2012 um m- m- most principals so over 90% of principals believe they had more resources in 2012 than they did than they do in 2021 that's quite a shocking statistic considering um, they were working off a 15% cut to additional needs back in 2012. They still feel they had more than they have now under the new model that came in in 2017. Look, I've been talking for 10 minutes already and haven't even started uh, the, uh, uh, the actual report, so let's get into the report and see what it has to say. Now, Basically, uh, the National Principles Forum, uh, they're a lobby group. They've been around since 2018. And uh, I, if you want to find out more about them, you can go to their website, principlesforum.org. But they're a wonderful group of people who I'm delighted to be involved with. And uh, I'm, I'm really proud of this particular report because um, I just think it's a really, really good report and, and works uh, extremely well uh, in terms of highlighting. Um, the issues around additional needs um, In their introduction I suppose the introduction really summarises what this report is going to be about and um, it starts off by saying with, with pretty bluntly the primary principles involved in the Irish education system will be aware of the repeated cuts and reductions in support for children with additional educations in the past number of years um, It was often openly acknowledged as a fiscal measure for example in 2012 when uh, special teaching res- briswars were reduced by 15% uh, per child These temporary cuts have never been reversed and what has followed is a series of adjustments to the system of allocation which has served as a smokescreen. So very powerful. Let's get right into a first paragraph where they basically said, we are still working off a 15% cut that was imposed as as a fiscal measure back in the time and they have basically called out that despite what the government are saying, that they've increased the funding and they talk about adding extra money and adding extra posts into the system, they're still... Repeated cuts and reductions in support for children with additional needs. Yes, the government have added money to the pot. Yes, the government have added staff to the pot. But the numbers of children reporting and enrolling in schools has increased, um, has has increased uh, much much higher than the actual resources being put in. So therefore, it is actually a cut by stealth. Um, there's a, the the principles forum go on by saying all children have a right to be educated in their local schools and notably this has financial implications for the government because it's cheaper to educate a child with autism in their local school instead of transporting that child to a special school that's just a point however mainstream schools need to be properly resourced to do that and unfortunately it's very expensive now this is my personal opinion here rather than the national principal forum's uh, opinion here we have a lot of schools in Ireland for the number of children that we have. And if we are going to put children into their local schools with additional needs, they need to be supported. And that and that's much more expensive than if we had fewer schools, obviously, uh, because you have to put in a, a minimal, uh, you know, certain minimum amount of resources to every school um, and when we have so many schools that becomes very very expensive and I know and we know and we all know that the government's job here isn't really they are not on the side of special needs they're on the side of money and they want to spend as little as possible as they can on education for some reason because I suppose you can't instantly see the benefits of spending money into primary education anyway I'll carry on in tandem with all the cuts, the Department of Education and many agencies have passed on their core work directly to schools where the responsibility lies largely with the principal. And uh, the inspector, uh, they, they give this some examples, the inspector passed on the induction of newly qualified teachers to school, the role of pursu... Um, Pursuing pupils with poor attendance in schools Was passed on from the EWO The Educational Welfare Officers Back to the school Financial Support Service Unit in the department Has added huge amounts of extra financial responsibilities to school And there are only like a couple of responsibilities uh, And a couple of examples uh, That uh, have come on top of the school principles Basically schools are now expected to be experts In fields of finance, revenue, building, pastoral care Social and additional educational needs And, and more and more and more And further examples are well well documented in previous reports that the national principal forum have produced and while the department of education and their agencies argue they have delegated most of this work to voluntary boards of management the reality is that almost all of the extra work that they impose on boards of management which are voluntary uh, groups of people is basically taken on by school principals and the majority of them have full-time teaching duties boards of management are generally made up of well-meaning hard-working but often very inexperienced people who do not have the necessary legal administrative or financial expertise necessary to manage a modern school community. So I think, um, This is where the school principal comes in on it. Basically, why are the um, the National Principals Forum uh, looking at additional education? Because the extra burdens that have been imposed on schools generally fall on principals. We move on to the COVID-19 pandemic uh, because that has really shone a light on the entire education system and most notably in terms of highlighting the inadequacies of supports for children with additional education needs. I would say, and this is me coming in again, I would say that this, uh, this area, additional education, needs really was the area where the pandemic shone a light on the awful treatment of children with additional needs when schools uh, were forced to close all of the services that children uh, with additional needs should uh, should be getting not from schools mind you um, were not available to them and people wondered why is my child not getting occupational therapy why is my child not getting speech and language therapy why is my child not getting this support that support because all those agencies over the last decade have basically shifted their responsibilities back into schools where you're going where you will find teachers and snas day to day doing jobs that they're not qualified to do such as occupational therapy such as speech and language therapy even dietary plans for children and when schools closed and these uh, things stopped children were left on a limb they had nothing and this wasn't the schools fault this has been as a result of this constant um, passing of responsibilities back into schools. Um, And um, unfortunately, uh, when the pandemic came, many children with additional needs received no service whatsoever, which should have been provided outside of the school in the first instance now schools took on these uh, I'm back to the document here schools took on the extra responsibilities because vital service weren't being offered elsewhere uh, and with an already we already have a skeleton staff available to them principals in conjunction with teachers and special needs assistants in the schools were again expected to do more with less do you remember that during the recession do more with less and we continue to be asked to do more with less and we are going to be continuing to be doing more with less as you'll see when we get into the recommendations because what's coming down the line is the school inclusion model and the front loading model for SNA allocations these two initiatives that are that uh, have yet w- that have yet to be completed in their pilot or research property or anything else these are two things coming this year they will probably be announced today as I'm recording this right now by Teresa Griffin from the NCSE who is going to outline what these models are going to be and they are going to be unchallenged because Theresa Griffin will be speaking to a computer screen to uh, a couple of hundred principals, they won't have the opportunity to ask any questions, they won't have an opportunity to protest, they won't have an opportunity to say anything and all we will have, our only line of defence will be And no offence to Anton Savage, uh, basically Anton Savage, a former radio presenter, a journalist who doesn't know the education system. He will have been maybe briefed by the IPPN about some questions asked, but he's not going to know the nitty gritty of what's coming down the road. And I wouldn't uh, actually, and rather than say that, I'm not going to be giving him a hard time because how should he know? And in fairness, How should he know when actually this survey showed that 67% of school principals, the people on the ground who will have to implement this, don't know enough about either of these models? I'll get into that in a while. But the National Principals Forum believes that both these models will further stretch whatever small resources schools have in place and furthermore, it will introduce further cuts to our most vulnerable pupils. Now, up until now, this information... um, hasn't received any critical analysis that it deserves yeah i know last year when we we're in the middle of they paused this front-loading model because the INTO and the IPPN asked oh because of COVID-19 we need to we need to pause these uh these things for a year and you know in reality um it, you know, we, we've been working off this sort of quasi sort of um mo- uh, front-loading model anyway because um ultimately the NCSE basically um left schools With an allocation, without actually, um, you know, without actually doing anything, without making any changes, so schools were kind of left with what they had, and. And really, it hasn't worked, uh, particularly for for the majority of schools. Uh, And the IPBN and the ITO have had a year to actually do a critical analysis of the front-loading model and the the idea of the school inclusion model, and neither have actually happened. Uh, Everyone has been kind of scurrying around trying to survive, to be fair, so I can't be too critical of either organisation. However, um, this model is coming in, and... And I mean, I, I, I dare I say, it's been allowed to come in. Uh, when you allow the CEO of the NCSE a platform uh, where she will be unopposed um, at a national conference, you are effectively saying we welcome. uh, these models and even you can tell from the tone of language that's being used by the IPPN who would have been highly critical of this a year ago they have softened their stance very very much so so you can you can see despite the fact that they're calling for sustainability and uh, they've they've uh, got a research from Maynooth University to say that we need to do something about principles effectively they're allowing the one of the worst things about to come into our education system into uh, schools and ultimately, you know, to me, all it looks like is it's all talk again, you know? Oh, we want to we want to make sure the job's sustainable. But here you go, here's the school inclusion model, here's the front loading model for um for SNA allocations. You know, I mean, you gotta be, you know, if you're gonna say something, you gotta back it up and um, that isn't happening. And you know, ultimately I think that's where the main, if I could say there is a problem in the education system, that's where it is. It's people not standing up and being counted and the very people that need to stand up and be counted are not doing that for us. And that's leading to huge stress for school leaders teachers and and everyone else so i mean look i (laughs) i can't believe i'm 20 minutes into this and i'm still in the introduction but i i I may divide this episode into two parts because i think it's going to go on for a while Uh, i didn't expect to be ranting uh, as much as i did um however um look i don't have a script this time so uh you'll forgive me i hope Let's let's skip through anyway, um, because basically uh, what the National Principals Forum are basically saying in their introduction really is that they are formally requesting the Department of Education, all relevant stakeholders and key agencies, engage with the group to discuss how pupils with additional education needs can be properly supported. And it also asks for adequate support for principals and school management from both the Department of Education and the NCSE to ensure that pupils' rights to an inclusive and equitable educational experience are met. Now, the lack of transparency in relation to uh, additional support, edu- educational supports from the Department of Education, NCSE, has effectively pitted parents against schools time and again, and you will see this all over uh, social media, that parents are given out about schools for not giving their children the supports they need, and schools are trying to say, listen, we'd love to give the supports, so we just don't have the resources, and they're, and they're, and and I, I quote um, uh, an Inclusion uh, Ireland, uh, was it Inclusion Ireland, I can't remember the name of the agency, who basically say, the the only resource I thought that, that 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 schools need is the right attitude uh, was was something they said. It was the most all I, I remember this from a couple of years ago. I went to a conference uh, when they were talking about shortened days, and it was just the most. I just thought, gosh, this is where it's at. Uh, it was a, a research paper from Trinity College, basically saying that uh, schools were being uh, were being were, were wrong. They were being the enemy here, and parents basically saying that schools uh, basically didn't care about children's additional needs. It was an awful, uh, to be honest, it was an awful paper. Um, and uh, I, I mean. I mean, essentially, I suppose it, 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 it was in the media for a while, but this attitude continues. Schools are basically being uh, are caught in the middle between this battle uh, between not getting enough resources and parents it, it being told schools should give you the resources and they just have the wrong attitude and they have everything they need. I mean, Theresa Griffin has said that every single child in this country, has, if they need it, has access to an SNA, which is a blatant, blatant lie. Um, you know and I, I, I don't mind saying that um, I, I, would, I would say that to her face they do not they absolutely do not um, and um, ultimately what uh, this report aims to do uh, I, I would say and this is me talking there but if I go back to the National Principal Forum's uh, report here what it aims to do is give some key recommendations where we um, where, the, where the National Principal Forum explain what schools need to ensure that children are given the supports they need and that school leaders are given the supports they need in order to do that. Um, I suppose uh, the the report then goes on to talk about what the front-loading model is, Uh, and and how it will work in reality just for those of you who aren't familiar with the front loading model given that 67% of principals aren't um, the front loading model is basically um, similar to the set allocation model where uh, instead of uh, resources following a child so basically you have a child with an additional need uh, in your school what happened before back in the olden days was that that child depending on his diagnosis depending on a recommendation from a from a psychologist would receive a certain number of hours per week of support and they may receive SNA support um, rather than doing a child-centered model the uh, front loading model basically says you're a school you're you, you know you're a dash school so you get a certain number of points you're uh, you've got this number of people, so you get this certain number of points um I I don't know what the criteria is going to be to be honest but at the end of it basically they're going to give a number and I I'm not saying they're plucking it from their bottoms but they may as well be because Effectively, what they're going to do and I know what's going to happen I'd be very shocked if this wasn't the case basically whatever you have right now they're going, that's going to be your number they're not going to make any cuts to your resources the first time just like the set allocation model everyone um, and what they'll do is they'll give you what you have right now and it doesn't really matter uh, whether you've got more children coming into your school which you more than likely will do um, you will receive the same allocation of sNA so the resources no longer follow the child the school is just given a, n- a random number more or less and you sit, suck it up and live with it and um, that's the front loading model i mean i, I, I wouldn't say it's the most academic uh, definition of it but that's what it is now the school inclusion model for those of you who don't know is a different thing this is a, a model that's been piloted uh, in um, Wicklow and Kildare this is where um, effectively um, psychologists uh, that were now, uh, sorry let's uh, start again there's a few aspects of it but the main aspect of it is really that they want to bring together all these uh, uh, supports therapists uh, into schools to give direct support to children with additional needs so it could be occupational therapists speech and language therapists and so on uh, and you will be regional teams of, of these therapists uh, behavior support practitioners and all this kind of stuff and basically what they will do, the, the theory is they'll come in and they'll do all the all the supports within the school not true what actually is going to happen is you will get access to a speech and language therapist and an occupational therapist maybe once um, once or maybe twice a year they will come in they will not work directly with children uh, what they will do is they will come in and they will uh, take a to talk to the teacher or talk to an sna i don't know where they're going to find the time to do this and they will give a list of things that you will that the, the school will have to do with the child so they will not actually get occupational therapy or speech language therapy from a qualified therapist the teacher and SNAs will be expected to do this. It's pretty much like what we were doing with the homeschooling uh, during the pandemic. Teachers are giving work for the children to do with parents who are unqualified to do it, and unsurprisingly, you know, it it, it didn't work. You need people who are qualified to do this sort of stuff. And and effectively what this is going to do, and the only reason for the school inclusion model is not to improve outcomes for children with additional needs, it's to reduce the amazingly uh, shocking um uh, figures of children on waiting lists for uh, occupational therapy and speech and language therapy uh, at the moment there are 25,000 children on waiting lists uh, for speech and language therapies and what this will do the only reason for bringing this in is those 25,000 children will no longer be on the waiting list uh, because their teachers and their snas will be giving a really really poor uh, therapy, uh, therapy, a version of this therapy to them because we're not qualified to do it. And um, I, I think it's a sinister move. Um, however, it's coming in and there's nothing we can do about it. Um, so basically, uh, what we, uh, as a, the National Principles Forum, I'm bringing back to this document, the current continuous support model is what they say could be an effective model um, because actually the con- continuous support model is a decent model it's not a uh, to be fair to it uh, NEPS came up with this Uh, the reason it doesn't work isn't because of anything else then it's because it's not adequately supported and staffed so with the current model being uh, poorly supported at present the National Principles Forum is fearful of the proposed model because of course it will also be poorly supported Uh, so the National Principles Forum recommends the Department of Education and NCSE consult with school leaders teachers and SNAs pupils and parents so that credence can be given to the input of the professionals who work in schools before introducing another new model on top of an already under-resourced model. Now, basically, um, that is the introduction uh, uh, to this document I know it's taken me a long time to get into it uh, almost half an hour to really get to it before we get into the um, actual um, detail of it but I, I don't expect that I'll be spending a huge amount of time in each on each section although famous last words as I said I'm recording this without a script uh, and I'm just going through it and um, 519 uh, school principals responded to the surveys and um, that's approximately one in six primary school principals, which is an excellent sample size uh, and um, we're we're very pleased with that as a group. Um, Effectively, um, you know, the responses were generally uh, quite, um, I suppose, in in tune with uh, the the general population of schools. Uh, So everything, everything in this survey seems to be uh, you know I suppose it's a good sample uh, just to put it that way because I think when, uh, when the National Principles Forum put out surveys the, uh, the, the, as I call them the big boys often scoff at these surveys because they weren't you know how can they possibly be accurate you know and, and so on They're, you know we'd rather get you know the voices of um, of, of principals in, in, in particular uh, surveys uh, from particular groups and, and ultimately look um, a survey is a survey uh you don't ha- uh, i mean i i have a you know i i th- they go on about you know having a degree you know st- statisticians and uh, and experts in the fields of all these kind of things to uh, you know and and they go on and on about and so i think i said this in my podcast before when i you know when i if they ever say it to me which they which they have i like to throw in that i i have a minor degree in statistics i'm not that bad at this sort of stuff um this data is accurate and um we're very, very good at fishing out the outlying uh, data to kind of make sure that it's, it's quite right and works quite well, and we don't hide any of the data. This is not skewed or biased in any particular way. I'm not protesting too much. I'm just saying it because that's the sort of thing that rather than the IPPN or the INTO looking at this data and going, oh gosh, Let's just use it as part of an overall strategy. We're not saying, no one's saying they should just use this data. Um, they absolutely should be getting data from other, other other places. But to absolutely ignore their own members' um, findings, I just think it's ridiculous. It's it's, it's amazing. It, it, it's quite shocking, to be honest with you. And, uh, and I, I really think, you know, uh, and I don't mind saying this, uh, it, it it just goes to show um, that sometimes it doesn't matter um what uh what what matters most is is who's saying the information than rather what it actually says and uh, i would again uh, i suppose this is me again speaking um and i say this all the time anytime i talk to um my friends in the ippn they need to engage with this group they simply need to engage with this group you know simple as that just some of the key findings uh the national principles forum just came up with and these are just kind of data kind of things um You know, does does the current set allocation meet the needs of additional education needs provision in your school? Seventy two percent, no, it doesn't. Uh, In the last four years, has there been an an increase in the number of children with additional education needs in your group? Eighty four and a half percent said yes. There has been an increase, rather than it staying kind of the same, and that's why this new model isn't going to work. Um, Does your current SNA allocation meet the needs? 80, sorry 61 percent said no it doesn't so again this front loading model is not going to work if we already have a system that it isn't adequate should the NCSC be allowed to oblige schools to open special classes this is the one that's kind of got a little bit of um chatter on Twitter um, from particularly from one one tweeter who who uh, well a couple of tweeters who who like to uh, who, I suppose read the headline without actually uh, looking at the data this uh, this question was asked to um, uh, schools who did open special classes already so we didn't ask this question to anyone who hadn't opened a special class this is only uh, for principals of schools which open special classes and basically it was a kind of if you knew now what you knew what you if you knew then what you know now would you do you think it's still a good idea for the ncc to force schools to open special classes and, and uh, knowing what you've been given and, and and as a result of the um as a result of opening and 72.8 Eight percent of them said no. Now that's not saying that they don't they they don't want to help children with additional. They were they were already doing it. They were already open to classes voluntarily. They weren't forced at all. They wanted to help children with additional needs, and they basically all said three quarters of them have said this is not a good way. It is not a good idea to compel schools to open special classes. And they gave lots and lots of good reasons, which I'll get into. So. Let's get on to the recommendations from the National Principles Forum. They've given nine uh, recommendations based on the findings from this uh, survey. And they're in no particular order particularly. Um, They were just nine uh, recommendations that came from the research. And ultimately, I'm just going to read them out to you now. Um, And here they are. One, increase set allocations to meet the needs of additional education need provision. 2. Recognise the workload involved in the management of additional educational needs by school leaders. 3. Put in place safeguards to prioritise the health of principals. 4. Organise set allocations centrally at the Department of Education. 5. Allocate allocate adequate supports to special schools. Um, we gave special mentions, uh, a special part of the surveys for special schools, just by the way. Uh, six, the NCSE to investigate all SNA allocation appeals to the NCSE in a timely manner. Seven, allo- allow more consultation before the implementation of the front loading model. Eight, review Section 37A of the Education Act. That's the bit where uh, the NCSE can compel schools to open special classes. And nine, uh, possibly controversially, restructure or review or even disband. Well, they said restructure the NCSE. So we're going to go through each of those recommendations um, over the next little while. And it would seem to me that this would be a good place to take a pause not on the front-loading model, but on this podcast episode, Um, and maybe go through those recommendations in more detail in a second half of this podcast. I'm not going to make you wait. Uh, for a full week to get the second half. I think time is of the essence, and it's important. I think if you're interested in this area, given that uh, the conversation is around principal uh, workload and uh, additional educational needs and how these two things can marry, um, it's it's worth uh, recording those recommendations. So I will get to them, uh, hopefully, over the weekend or maybe before. I'll see how time goes. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this sort of introduction. It was unscripted, so apologies for being so verbose Um, I hope uh, it gave a bit of background knowledge, it gave a little bit of an introduction to the survey and uh, hopefully uh, quite soon I'll have the nine recommendations fleshed out uh, for you to listen to Um, and uh, I look forward to speaking to you then. If you do, uh, if this is your first time listening to this episode... You can find, uh, if I were the Minister for Education and its normal episodes, on any podcasting app that you use, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any of the others, Spotify included. Uh, I'd really appreciate any reviews you might give of this uh, podcast as well so other teachers can find it more easily. Um, Apart from that, uh, look, I'll be back quite soon um, and um, we'll get the other nine recommendations and we can hopefully resume normal service uh, with our podcast shortly after that. Thanks a million for listening. Bye bye.